all I've got are readings from Living Sober. It's a, actually the Daily Reflections of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, living in the now. First, we try to live. First, first, we try living in the now just in order to stay sober. And it worked. Once the idea has become part of our thinking, we find that living life in 24-hour segments is an, is an effective and satisfying way to handle many other matters as well. That's read from Living Sober, page seven. And then the daily reflection is, one day at a time, to a newcomer, this and other one-liners of AA may seem ridiculous. The passwords of the AA fellowship can, come, can become lifelines in moments of stress. Each day can be like a rose unfurling according to the plan of a higher power. My program should be planted in the right locations, just as it will need to be groomed, nourished, and protected from disease. My planting will require patience, my realizing that some flowers will be perfect will be more perfect than others. Each stage of petals unfolding can bring wonder and delight if I do not interfere or let my expectations override my acceptance. And this brings serenity. So it looks like living in the now is the uh, topic for that. I don't know if that's going to be helpful for you, but uh, take it away, Paul. Well, welcome everyone. Paul, alcoholic. I don't know if we mentioned this is not an AA meeting, but it ain't. Um, yeah, obviously one day at a time works because the problem is of time quite a lot. Yeah. Most of us are being affected by a constant broadcasting of what's not happening or false evidence. Yeah. So let's say the problem has a huge field and then with the idea of a data time we shrink its field yeah so it can't get up to so much trouble when we're living a day at a time when we're believing in years and months and this and that it has a field day yeah remember the problem resides in the head and the head we know what it does it broadcasts let's say let's say call K Paul and K Kerry and K Deborah, but basically it's a franchise and I would call it unclear channel instead of clear channel. And basically it broadcasts and, and most of its products are of time. It says, yeah, it's feeling bad, but it's gonna get a whole lot worse or a moment of discomforts leading into a lifelong depression. Yeah, so by live, by, the principle of data time, you shrink its influence greatly. Yeah, so what seems unbearable if it would keep happening is quite bearable if it's happening now, let's say. Yes, because a lot of the pain isn't really pain, it's suffering. It's an adding on to the suffering, the pain. Yes, it's mental suffering. So you feel something now and it tells you it's gonna, if, it, if this feels like this for the rest of this week, I'm totally, you know what I mean? It just blows shit up, makes mountains out of molehills. So we take away its field, so to speak, with the day at a time idea. And the idea of being here now, I don't think you can be anywhere else, literally, yeah. 
Now, there can be an occupation now with, with what's not happening, a preoccupation, but that's actually happening now, yeah? I don't believe anything that ever, ever goes on escapes now. <laughs> so I used to see, I felt it was pretty absurd uh, how many people listening to the head would buy books of how to be in the moment when you actually can't be out of a moment. <laughs> it just made, it just blows my mind. So it convinces us we can be out of the moment. And then it says, all right, you got a new desire, wanting to be in the moment. <laughs> and what happens is, if you think you got in the moment, you can think you can do something to get out of the moment. And then with the possibility of getting into the moment, you spend more time in being out of the moment. <laughs> this is just the same pattern of defeat. It's just, you know, presented in this, but it doesn't really change much. Yeah. It's just so you start recognizing what has defeated us. Yeah. By taking the simple inventory and then you see it more than where you used to look from it. You start seeing the false evidence being presented and you're, you're not moved from your chair. You're being moved from your chair is when it starts to appear real. Yeah. You're not moved by from your chair. You see the false evidence and then it doesn't compel an action Then more false evidence and it doesn't compel an action. Yes. And then, uh, you know, in the narrative, it's saying left, right, left, right. And you find yourself going straight because <laughs> you're not relying on it anymore. You're relying on a higher power, let's call it. Yeah. You're in the effect of the better way, trusting the infinite rather than finite self. How can you tell you're not fucking acting based on the false evidence? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 99 uh, uh, presentations of the false evidence and you fell for 98 of it. There was progress. You saw through one. Yeah. And I feel recovery progresses. Then you'll see through more. But if you're relying on the head to be the judge of your prog progress, it's going to lie to you every day. <laughs> it's going to have you feeling like you're not sober when you're fucking sober. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm sober, but you are. <laughs> have you drank today? No. Well, you're sober, but I feel like drinking, but you're not. You know what I mean? It's just insane. So remember the problem resides in the mind. It's talking to you as you. It's presented as you, uh, counseling you. <laughs> and it wants to lead you somewhere for sure. It has its idea of surrender, which is fuck it, really. And basically when it brings you to fuck it and you comply, then, you know, all bets are off. It's going to tell you something that you would never do and you'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> because at that moment, you'll be in the dilemma of powerlessness. Yeah. So perhaps there's a better way. Trust in the infinite rather than finite self. Where do you demonstrate a lot of trust in finite self? Believing the thoughts religiously. Yeah. 
to the point that false evidence appears real to us. That's an incredible amount of faith. Yeah. Being directed to make false evidence appear real. Can you imagine if that faith was being directed by some other power? Maybe that same faith would be enriching your day instead of enslaving your day with yesterday and tomorrow. It'd be enriching your day now. <laughs> the now mythical now. <laughs> when what's not happening, it's happening in what's happening, obviously. <laughs> what's not happening can't happen other than in what's happening. We are what's happening. Yeah. And sometimes our possibility is being used to entertain what's not happening to such a level that what's not happening overrides the rest of actually what's happening <laughs> and replaces the what's happening with what's not happening. And then getting into the now seems incredibly desirous. But the fact is, that's not true. You've never not been now, ever. Yeah. You maybe have ideas of what the now you'd like to be in, but that's coming from a mental evaluation, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So that which is constantly agitated can't stand sitting now. <laughs> it just can't stand it. That's the beauty. If you sit still for a while, you see something can't. It just can't do it. It's agitated. Yeah. And it reveals itself. When you stop, it can reveal itself and you can see the emperor without any clothes. Yeah. While it's telling you, oh, I would be so into peace if we just take care of this and get over that. Da, da. No, it can't handle peace. It flips out. Yeah. It starts worrying about tomorrow. <laughs> Will I be at peace tomorrow? This is what happens at the talks, live talks. People are feeling a lot of energy, let's say. And then they, the world starts with the word, but they go, but what, what, what am I going to do Tuesday? <laughs> well, it's not Tuesday. Enjoy now. Yeah. But the Tuesday is, see, when I wanted to get out of this moment all the time, it wasn't this moment. It was a mental moment. Yeah. This moment was my salvation. I saw a mental moment. I saw a moment filled with yesterday and tomorrow, and I wanted to avoid it at all costs. Yeah. I didn't, there was no mythical here I had to arrive to. I had to see the, the fraudulence of the mental here. That's all. And I got whacked sober, and that soberness gave a possibility into my life, which was a lot of more relief and downloads and realizations could come and land because I was finally sober. Yeah. And I saw the exact nature of what we call the wrong here, which is presented on page 64. Self is what has defeated us. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it's all on you, does it? Self has defeated us. I see us as completely different than self. I don't, some people think it's the same thing. Then why would they say, you know, self has, self has defeated self, you know, but it says self has defeated us as if we're not self. 
Yeah. And if what's driving us, what's is what's we seem to be driven by a hundred forms of something, what's driving that which is driven? Yeah. What's the driving of that? Is it self? To be driven. obviously means you're not the driver, yes? Whatever, you know, it's just, for me, it seems so simple and clear over the years. Yeah, if you just look at that page 64 and take a suggestion, which is, it's at least offering a way of doing an inventory. It doesn't say it's the only way, the best way. It just says here, we're going to look at self's common manifestations in our lives. Yeah. And the next paragraph, resentment. It sounds like resentment is a manifestation of self in our lives. Why are we calling them ours? I mean, you don't have to go read an 800 page book. Just see that. Yeah. Why? Am I calling something else's manifestations through me mine? There must something in here must be in the act of being identified as that which is manifesting. Yeah. It's it's not me. I have no idea. I'm just being driven. But something is identifying. Yeah. As that which is manifesting. And therefore, it's perfectly logical when a resentment is noticed, it's called mine or when fear is felt or anxiety is felt, it's mine, yeah? It makes sense. The logic is I'm that, therefore this is me, yeah? This is the whole point of the the message is to see this thing as foreign to yourself, yeah? To have a sense by seeing what you're not, a sense of what you are and the contrast and the difference you're of a you're a different beast in a way you're not of a mental activity you're of spirit let's say yeah you may be in a lot of mental activity but you're not of it yeah i'm in the water swimming and shit like that but i'm not of the water i can get out of the water yeah i don't lose myself when I go jump in the water, I'm still that that can be out of the water. Yes. So in a sense, our nature is like that. We're in this world, as Jesus said, you know, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. Yeah. You're in it, but you're not of it. So, yeah, I'm in the water, but I'm not of the water. I can get out. So. I'm in this activity of the head, but I can get out of that activity, but I can't get out of that activity as the activity. That's the bondage of self. That self can't get out, can't getting out of self. Yes, you see it? You can be out of it, but the you that's manufactured cannot. Yeah. Self can't get out of self, but you can get out of self. Yes. Yeah because you're inherently out of it. So the idea that you're in it starts getting suspect 
and you realize you're not in it really. It's doing its whole little thing. You're not in it and that's the out. The out isn't escaping it. We know what happens then because you don't escape it. You get caught in the net of self trying to get out of self. But when you realize you're not in it, you're not of it, that's the freedom from it. From this experience, yeah. That's all I can pass on. I can pass on a reverse engineering of the bondage of self and being relieved of the bondage of self. What did I learn by by the relief from the bondage of self? A lot about self. (laughs) That's what I learned. A whole lot. Yeah. I'm living the other fear sense. I don't need to learn that. I learned about what I wasn't. Yeah. And how it's manufactured and how it's sustained and how faith is directed into it. And that faith is a, allows it to make mountains out of molehills. It doesn't. It doesn't have faith. It's it's faith that gets directed that way. Yeah, by the bondage of self, by trusting the finite. Yeah, we can't make the move for that to to discontinue, but the holy, the higher power can, and then that faith can be put into the infinite. Yeah, and just as you were at the the effect of the one expression of faith, you'll be at the effect of the other. You'll be traveling lighter. You'll have an ease and comfort. You'll be able to enjoy peace of mind. You'll sense a presence of some power, yes? It's painted very, very starkly. Perhaps there's a better way. What's the, le- what's the way that hasn't worked? Trusting the finite. Yes, it says it right there. We're not adding on to the book. And what's the way? Trusting the infinite. Do you trust yourself, the self, to, trans- to shift the faith in itself to the infinite? Do you really? Why is there that warning before you go into the main principle of recovery, which is you got to quit playing God? first yes because if you don't there'll be a playing god around the third step they'll become transactional you'll surrender until it gets inconvenient then you'll take it back then you surrender there won't be any (laughs) it'll just be on your terms or self's terms again yeah like everything else's I used to love people when I was new would say, hey, it's a done deal. You made the deal. Now, you may think you can take your life back, but what you made a deal with has it. <laughs> you can act as if you've taken it back, but that hasn't. The higher power is very clear. You made a deal. You signed it. You turned your only life over to the care. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love that. He says, basically... The whole program could have ended could have ended at step three, basically. Yeah, it's a done deal. But no, the persi- the parasite persists because the host gets identified as it. Yeah, so we have to go through a whole working effect to produce a diminishing of its influence, so that when we make a decision, there'll be some power behind it. Yes, and then it's very very wise to maintain that condition, which is steps 10, 11, and 12. 
Yeah. The condition of what? Of reliance on the infinite instead of finite self. When? Now? For how long? A day at a time, let's say, or an hour at a time, a half hour at a time. Yes? Just see the difference between resentment and my resentment. I, I swear to God, a resentment held as yours can live for 60 freaking years. You'll feed it, you'll fucking groom it. You'll make a, you, you won't, the head will, make a huge story about why your life has failed all because of that, yes? Jesus Christ, the resentment is just a misperception hooked, hooked with a memory of a past misperception. It doesn't have the ability to withstand the constantly changing of empty phenomena throughout a day. It's only because of us, yeah? We breathe life into it. We breathe life into it. How many times during the day are there misperceptions? A lot of fucking times. Do they compel actions for many of us? No. There you go. It's just a parade of misperceptions. You can start laughing at it. It's hilarious, really. Yeah. It's hilarious how when someone's talking about their mother, your head wants to start talking about your mother. Override their sharing and immediately get to your mother. It's just, it's, it's funny in a lot of ways. It's just, it's, it'll never, never disappoint you. It will always take a myopic view. It's just, it will always hear everything as how it pertains to it. It's just hilarious, really. I mean, seriously. You, you, could, you could bet a house, man, and you'd win. All right, I know exactly what this, the reaction's going to be when someone calls me up and said they're doing great. Motherfucker, <laughs> I should be doing better. Whatever. <laughs> Do you think you want to waste time trying to train that snake not to bite? It's ridiculous. Just see it's a snake. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, it's dramatic uh, shows and it's news broadcasts will be comedy central. You'll have some laughs. <laughs> So, yeah, that's how I see it today. <laughs> Whatever we were talking about. Oh, the now. Yes, the now. <laughs> see, what we want is a mental now that we can cut and fit and fix and change. Yeah. And then somehow inject an impossibility of stability into it. <laughs> so I'll say just that way. <laughs> Has anyone ever, ever escaped here and now? I don't care how much you think about next week, the thinking is happening here and now. <laughs> There's no escape. <laughs> you haven't been given the possibility of that. <laughs> yeah. 
you're a part and parcel of the here and now. You're here and now, like it or not. <laughs> Argue with reality all you want, you lose. <laughs> I have a book to sell you if you believe you're out of the moment. <laughs> How to get into the moment. <laughs> then there'll be a second edition, how to really get into the moment. And then the third edition, which you will probably buy, how to really, really get into the moment. <laughs> All based on an insane idea, you could be out of a moment. Brought up, brought to, from, brought by K Paul. <laughs> Unclear channel. <laughs> Can you imagine walking around in the moment, believing you're out of the moment? That's an incredible Herculean miracle manifestation of power misdirected, I'd say. <laughs> really, to believe you're not in the moment when you're thoroughly in a moment, this blows my mind. I mean, you're gonna buy a bridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're gonna buy a bridge. <laughs> I have a bridge to sell you, the Brooklyn Bridge. You're gonna buy it. <laughs> Without your feet sort of anchored somewhere, you're gonna get blown every which way, yeah? You'll be in Ohio and something will say you're in, you know, Death Valley and you'll believe that. You'll override that. It's a little crisp today. In Death Valley? It can't be crisp. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's insane. So, yes, the day of the time was essential because the problem really thrives in time. Yes? It really does. That's why it's so important that you make the amends, because if you don't, it'll use the past to keep you captured for sure. Unbelievably. You'll be like a storage unit. Yeah. There'll be no circulation of air. It'll just be packed with shit. Yeah. You got to surrender. If yeah. Put yourself to the task of doing the steps with someone. Yeah and having this shit corrected in a sense yeah and just like i always say you know just stay on the operating table don't get up don't play doctor it'll probably go much better than you imagine yeah 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 in aa the thing is surrender isn't it really the first step it has to be perfect in a way. It, it doesn't matter if the self is convinced, it's the innermost, yeah? When the innermost gets the message that the ship is truly sinking, yeah? Uh, it seems the life preserver of the higher power, yes? Gives up holding on to that sinking ship and get saved, really. 
so that not only that it can get saved, but it can be of better use to itself and others. Yeah. And then hopefully we make a decision because it isn't under our control. We've been taken over. So we make a decision to turn our will and life over to the care of a higher power. But it's already been taken by something else, the parasite. So we need to do some work. Yeah, the working steps, four through nine, to break that trance. Yeah. And once the trance is broken and we get established in this new idea, then we have 10, 11, 12 to maintain it. Yes. And after a while, you may actually see a very high form of maintenance of sobriety is sobriety, just being awake. Yeah. Which is the whole point of the 12 steps. Yeah. It's not about not drinking. It's about a spiritual awakening. To, which is what, or a personality shift, which is sufficient to bring about a daily reprieve from that occupation of the parasite, yes? Now that daily reprieve can go on for 50, 60 years, but it's truly a daily reprieve, yeah? That's the way of life. And the step 12 is the agenda, you know? Help other people stay or get sober and try to practice these principles in all your affairs. If you can't limit your affairs for a while, yeah? By taking the counsel of a, of a sponsor or something. Because uh, people will recognize after getting to know you, uh, the areas where you're completely outmatched, yeah? So if you share with them, you're getting ready to go on a crusade, they'll probably, you know, disarm you and fucking, you know, just go help another person or something. Yes. And then what happens? You'll find out. And then you'll enter a world, hopefully, of abstinence, which is incredible. Yeah. Because the problem is for us uh, is starting, really. Because once we start, we most of us can't stop. So we don't want to, we got to not start. Yeah. And we, you would hope that not start is an incredibly big space, you know, really, really chilled out. You don't have any drive to do any crazy shit. You're not interested in it anymore. It's beautiful. It's almost as if the cow doesn't need a fence anymore. Yeah, it can be a free range alcoholic. It's just running around. Yes. But it's a beautiful sense of abstinence. Something is completely missing in your life that used to really be involved yeah and it's great to be very very grateful for its absence and honor it yeah so yeah see now i hear a sound of a mower i'll go to that sound first and the thought I don't go to thought first anymore. I used to. When I was taken over, thought uh, put everything else out. Yeah. There was thinking first, foremost. So something would happen, a beautiful sunset. Well, that's, I've seen better, whatever. Yes. So there was a robbery of living constantly. I don't, that's not happening now. I hear everything that's here, that's happening. 
I feel stuff, unbidden. Yeah, I sense a presence. I can feel something with these zooms, a very powerful emptiness that allows uh, an echoing in this instrument, yeah. So I'm here before thought, thank God. I think that's our real uh, address or residence, yeah. We're before thought. I found that I was afterthought over the years with addiction, yeah. The thoughts, I was out to lunch and then there was thoughts about what to do or not do and shit, yes. And all the things that I loved as a kid were taken away. I had loved to be in the ocean. I didn't go to the ocean for years. I had fucking blankets over if I did have a place to live around the windows, yeah. Never went out and didn't go to the beach, to get sun or anything. I was just completely in a dungeon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just live it, listening to a narrative about me and life and everything. Yeah, uh, incessantly overriding. I probably stepped over miracles like that without noticing shit. Yeah. Hummingbirds, what's that? <laughs> Wind, I'm not outside. I only go out late at night and shit. <laughs> Wind, shit like that. I mean, come on. So, yeah, the better way is before thought. Yeah. Trusting the infinite is not having faith in thoughts. Trusting the finite is having faith and thoughts. Trusting the infinite is not about faith and thoughts. It isn't. Unless they're intuitive thoughts or a feeling or a sense. But you live before thought. Yeah. And when the thought comes after you, it doesn't have the steering wheel. You're going straight when it's telling you left and right and left and right and left and right. You're just going straight through the day. Yeah, because it's not the driver anymore. You have a new employer. Why not on, you know, honor it, man? It's awesome. Yeah. So, and then you enjoy peace of mind. You don't enjoy peace of mind through thought. You don't think about peace, do you? No. There's a sense of it. And that sense is before thought. Most of what we really love is before thought. Yeah. So there you go. And I would say whatever that is or isn't before thought, maybe a good indication would be spirit or whatever. Yes. Which they talk about a lot in the program. Your spirit's condition is contingent on the maintenance of itself. Your daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of the spirit's condition. I don't see a better way of maintaining a spiritual condition than being one. You know what I mean? You know, like with the with the Priuses, you look at the Prius and they sell a lot of them with only 60,000 miles. Yeah. But that's not been good for the battery, the hybrid battery, the hybrid battery needs to be driven. So if one is uh, only got 60,000 miles, you're probably going to get in a new hybrid battery soon, which is a five thousand four thousand dollars. So it's not like another car, the battery needs to be driven. 
it needs to yeah be used so in a sense to me that's what i see of spirit is the maintenance of a spiritual condition is being one really yeah yeah so all right thanks thanks for letting me go off eh? thanks paul is there anything? um and this is the time if you have a question for paul um please raise your hand and you can do that by going into the eye or, or a share or a share just uh, raise your hand in the uh, reactions button and then there's a little feature that says raise hand um and if anything is not particularly clear you want to um follow up a lot of the times that helps us uh, get the message and the deeper understanding i have deborah deborah i'm going to ask you to unmute yourself um, and come on in and ask your question. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Paul. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I love what you said about uh, bringing that mental, um, that's constantly going back into, you know, I went, I've gone to AA meetings and I keep forgetting that. It's like, bring it back to one day. I was way out there. <laughs> Um, and then uh, yesterday was just this huge gap with Paul just going about my day uh, and it was just like all that was gone a lot of it was just I was just doing stuff and not worrying about the future and um, then today I woke up and I had this intense anxiety <laughs> and um uh, that was like Manjushri just cut right through it for me. Thank you so much. It was like, uh, I just, it's incredible how it, I just need uh, right now, I guess I, I just need that reminding and, and um, I get it a lot from people in my life too. But uh, when you're talking about the energy of satsang, it is, it, even though we're on Zoom, it's there. It's there still. It it is uh, beyond words and in between the words and before the words and so that is, is really incredible. My anxiety just whooshed away just by hearing the message. It just cuts Great. it down to size. It it cuts it down to Great. size. Yeah. Well, there really you go. There's there's uh, the demonstration. Yeah. See, it's not hard to get home if you're in the vicinity all the time. Yeah, it's really? not going to take a long period or an extreme fucking explosion or whatever. You just slip back into the groove quite easy because you're used right. to the habit now. Yeah. So it's a it's a go out, but it doesn't create yes. that whole feeling. I'm going to be out forever. You know yeah. that. Yeah, just don't make rash decisions don't fucking you know hyperventilate and then it back it naturally falls back into the groove yeah yeah so a well, simple reminder um, what something came through um the other day i raised in this uh um really cultish type of thinking and and this biblical stuff comes up and then something said to me it was like when you were a child, those were not your thoughts. They were given to you. So that's part of what created that freaking out of over the future and guilt of the past was 
the way I was raised. And I went, wait a minute, when I was a kid, I didn't have those thoughts. So they yeah. were given to me and then I took over with them. So that was really incredible too. It just relieved me so much from all that stuff and just getting into, I don't know, and I don't have to know. And I here to enjoy life and it just cut right through that too. It was kind of like a feeling of how I was at like four, just running through the woods and, you know, sitting on a stump eating chocolate chips and raisins and a little Dixie cup, you know, that would, so a lot of the thoughts that are in the head are borrowed so much. There's no really originality to them in a sense. No. Uh, do, you, do you think that's true? Yes. I think there, uh, there's a program or a format that, uh, yeah, plays itself out. There's an implying when it's playing, it's you or about you. And most of us without having any suspicion, we just assume it's true. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as it gets stronger, it usually reveals its hand. You see that this isn't really out for your betterment or welfare. <laughs> and, right. uh, and so if I run into a topic that I've never known about, as soon as I meet that topic, uh, a key gets hit and all these ideas about it drop in. I haven't had a life experience don't know anything about it but i have thousands of ideas about it and about me and about them so i feel definitely uh it's it's a program which is good in a way because uh it's not artificial intelligence <laughs> it's not growing <laughs> it right. just runs the same shtick constantly right. <laughs> and uh and you can outgrow it not grow in it but outgrow it yeah as we as he uses the term in the big book a lot you'll outgrow fear you'll outgrow this you'll outgrow that yes i believe that's a strong possibility and they're never your thoughts they're just thoughts so mm -hmm. something triggers like a algorithm goes off and then the tree gets shook and thoughts come in and you're all the while the thoughts show up you your rationale after they show up is they're my thoughts, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the system supports the system on and on. Yeah. Until there's a disillusionment or something or catastrophic event or just sick and tired of being sick and tired, whatever. And then maybe there's a, an opening for other possibilities to gain some ground. Yes. So right. it was clear to me after a few months in AA that what I was calling my thoughts were at, at, at least alcoholic thoughts. And a lot of people were having them, <laughs> which was unusual, new, because I was living in a shell of terminal uniqueness. Yeah. And that started to get broken just from sitting in rooms and listening to people share their thoughts, their feelings and their what they did. It sort of sounded like me quite a lot and then I started to get a strong suspicion that uh there's something living where I am so to speak and uh it's and it's the dominant 
activity. Yeah. And uh, so the, the idea of a higher power is very attractive. And I really, a lot of how the, the new upgrade of narration about life is, is that something is doing for me what I can't do for myself. I like that. I don't care if it's true or not. It's a beautiful artistic flavor. Mm -hmm. And so I really feel as an action figure to the level where it can go, that something other than it is doing for it what it can't do for itself. It's a beautiful position, I feel. Yeah? Because now I'm in a position of relying on a higher power. (laughs) Where before I was in a position of relying on self and I didn't know it because I thought it was me, yeah, but I was relying on something like a higher power, yeah, something other, yeah. Now I'm relying on higher power, uh, and actually, the funny thing is, when you see self, you realize you're not that. When you sense the higher power, you realize you're that, actually. So, yeah, so it goes weird self is it's been telling you it's you all the time then you finally realize it isn't you've been having this idea of a higher power that's not you when it starts demonstrating you come to the conclusion i'm the higher power (laughs) it's sort of funny eh? the trajectory similar but the difference yeah usually different you start as something you're not and then while you grow, you find out you're not that. You start out as you start out as something you're not, and then you realize something else can do for you, and you realize you're that. Yeah, it's sort of cool. Mm-hmm. Don't you have that sense? I mean, obviously, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is a sense. It, it's. I would it's say the innermost is the higher power. Course. You know, the, whole, yeah, the unexpected right. inner resource is the higher power. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're it, so to speak. Yeah, but now because of life, there's no pride involved in that. There's no identification as it. There's a humility, and an honoring, and a gratitude, really. Yeah. It works. All right. Thanks, son. See Thank you. you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Deborah, for continuing the conversation. Um, we did have a hand raised by Zach. Zach, did you want to come in or, or you lowered your hand? Would you like to come in? Well, stay lowered. It doesn't. Yeah, it's best. It got an answer. Okay. Yeah, just leave the question. Alrighty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Paul holds uh, four meetings each week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10.30 Pacific time on the 12 steps. And then on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at, at uh, 1 p.m. Uh, regarding non-duality, which is a and Tuesday, topic, but isn't 12 Tuesday steps. Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. We have one also. Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. Okay. Yeah. So there's five. I don't know when one stops and where the other one begins. So. <laughs> <laughs> kind of works that way, doesn't it? <laughs> See, the spirit can play a trumpet or a trombone. 
It may sound different, but it's the same player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, is that it? We're done tonight? Um, any more questions? I don't see any hands raised, so... Do we make moment, our 11.30 allotment? No. Well, I can say hello, goodbye for nine minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's your share. Go for it. Hey, Michael S., thank you. I want, to, I want to share with everyone here, for all the people that keep this thing going, you know, the, the Tuesday and Thursday meetings and all the meetings, yeah, because it sure ain't me. <laughs> Other people are doing, uh, yeah, are putting these things together. So, yeah, you know who you are. So there you go. Kaiser, thank you for today, as always. Yeah. Mickey, as always. Carrie, we got Deborah. Thank you for the conversation, Deb. Yeah, enjoy that beautiful area out there. Bryant, nice to see you again, Bryant. Yes, let it, it's all soaking in, bro. Yeah. We got, uh, I'm going to try it again today, actually. We got Haley, Haley. Yes, no? Close. So close. All right. Say it. Yes, Miss S is great. Thank you for today. All right. All right. We got Nanette. Nanette with uh keep that keep that candle going, Nanette. Yeah. We got Walter from the Netherlands. He's got a little video of a swan. We got a phone number. I don't know who that is, but welcome. We got oh Alex is uh she's out in the woods here. She's trucking around. Yeah. I'll be seeing Alex hopefully in a couple of weeks. That'd be great. Uh, we got uh, Al from Vegas. There he is. We got Roman, as always. Pleasure. We got, oh, Nina. Nina snuck in there. It's always good to see Nina. We got Zach. Zach got his question answered. That's great. Amy, stay off of that road. We got Kurt. Kurt looks like he's in a, he, he's cast for that movie, 1 billion, 1 million BC, remember? Raquel Welsh with a, some kind of deer cloth. I don't know. <laughs> these, these movies they come up with, you know, incredible. 1 million BC with a, a hairstyle you could only have in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> There's Kurt. Yeah. All right. We got Anish. Always a pleasure. Nice to see you. Ben, Deb, we saw everyone. Hey, thank you, everyone. It's always a pleasure. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's really a gift that keeps on giving. You know? Yeah. It's uh, awesome. All right. Thanks. See thanks, you guys. Bob. I'll be there. We're going to be around. Uh, Saturday.
Yeah, Saturday, one o'clock live in Marin City and on Zoom. Thanks. See you guys. Bye bye. Peace. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, everyone.